0: Hello, John, Welcome to episode four hundred and sixty-nine. Yes, of the Drug Detectives podcast. And as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy?
1: Nice. Yes, 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 yes. I am freaking doing great right at this moment in time. Well, after the whole snow apocalypse stuff in my area, and all of a sudden the whole freaking weather and everything else. Hey, I'm still alive and kicking. But <laughs> Most importantly of all though, this is that wonderful time of the year where we're going over our twenty twenty one games of the year. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Yeah we are. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, I I'm actually kind of interested in seeing your list too this time around. Yeah. Cause I don't know about I I don't know about you, but uh this year there really wasn't like a concrete like out of the park winner for me because it literally felt like i played a whole bunch of games right that released in 2021 and yeah there was some that were good and some of this but it was sort of like a jumbled sort of thing i was like okay this is all like in either the middle of the pack or kind of like the higher echelon stuff to where there really wasn't like say a concrete one that would be number one
0: yeah no I, yeah that's kind of what i was saying a couple well i guess a couple weeks for us last week for you guys because we, we did the two episodes in one night but like yeah, when I put this list together, I did, like, my for-sures, and I had nine yep. for-sures. I'm like, fuck, this is going to be hard. But it ended up coming a lot easier than I thought it would be once I started breaking everything down. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll jump, obviously, when we get to more in detail start naming names here. um, you know. But, like, it became easy to separate than I thought. It was still tough, don't get me wrong. But the battles weren't – when I got to the individual battles, it became easier than I thought it would be. Um. Still, you know, challenging and time but it wasn't like, you know, there's been years where I've spent six, seven, eight hours just pining over my list. I'm like, uh making switches here and there. And then this year I was just like I probably spent like a good last week I sat down and I spent like a good hour or so uh putting the list like really probably putting the list together took me like forty five minutes to like get right one through nine in an order and then it probably took me another 20 minutes, like, to figure out what number 10 is, because I had like the I had like nine other games, uh. That I'm like, okay, well, you guys got to battle out for that 10 spot, but um, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And then like, I probably spent the other half of that was, just typing in like my bullet points on want you know for each game and what yeah. where it is. But yeah, overall, I mean, it was it was definitely tough because they, there wasn't like, the like most years like there's always for me usually game of the year is always the easiest um, spot and everything else is kind of full. It's like, usually no, number two is the hardest one. Like the runner up is always the toughest one for me. Um uh, right. Right. Yeah. That wasn't the, this year that just wasn't the case. Uh, cause yeah, like, I said, there wasn't like that clear winner. There wasn't those clear, like that clear, like gap between everything else. It was just pretty, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was tougher, but it, you know, once I really sat down and really thought about it, um, everything kind of fell into place a lot easier. than I thought it would be, but, uh, <laughs>
1: Well, like I was saying, you know, it's like, uh, in terms of the games that I had played this year, it's like, yeah, I, I share the same sentiment, you know, where it's like, it became easier once it started breaking down and stuff and pound for pound. Oh, okay. Well, this game will definitely be at the 10 spot, this and that. But, uh, I had put down 22 games on the list to start off with and things. And, uh, I had to go forth and axe off two because I'll be perfectly honest with you. I mean, they weren't games that were released say this year. They were like collections and stuff that oh, uh, yeah. were games I've already played. The mass effect collection, plus like the Castlevania Advance collection. I didn't feel like it would be fair to put them on the 2021 list for my honest opinion, because it's like they're games I already played before in the past. I know they're good, but yeah. it would not be fair to rank them above or below certain things released this year. Only because it's like, I want to aim it more towards this year <laughs> or yeah. oh, 2021.
0: This is, yeah, 2022. Be, be, yeah, it is actually January 1st, which is odd. Cause normally we, we always do this the weekend after Christmas. Yeah. Typically it's like, you know, the 28th, the 29th. This is the first time I think we're ever actually doing, we've got the full 365 days of the year to, to play these games.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's yeah, weird. So
0: that, yeah. It was very, it's, it's kind of funny how it worked out that way. But, uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it was it was fun to put it all together. Um, you know, I always look forward to doing it. It's I mean, outside of the panic attacks and then you know from doing it, but uh, yeah, it's always fun to do. Uh, real quick, I want to mention my setup is different right now. I was telling Gables for the podcast like an hour before we hopped on, uh, a, a breaker went out, um, and I went to go set it, and unfortunately, everything's fine except for the one outlet that my computer plugs into. Uh, it just isn't working now. Uh, so I, I like had to move everything over so now <laughs> like i have this whole rig set up uh it's just a mess right now of cords and i got like literally uh across my my door to, into my apartment uh about two feet up is hanging my uh shirt my power brick that has all my plugins for my computer in it um just so i can do this podcast for, uh for right now and just get through tonight and then i'm gonna have to figure something out uh talk to the landlord hopefully get that fixed uh, before we record again in a couple weeks, right? But, uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's why, like, right now you're seeing <laughs> that's my refrigerator right there. Uh, you can barely see it in the stream, right? There is a my vegetable oil. Uh, so that's what's going on with that. That's why everything's different right now. Uh, hopefully, when we come back, I uh, are yeah, gonna do uh, two episodes. we to do part one, we're gonna do both episodes tonight, but we will do them one week apart. So you'll get part one tonight, that'll be 10 through 6. And then the second half will come out uh, and that will be five through one plus honorable mentions. Um, and that will be coming out next weekend. Then we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with the 14th to with, with going back to our normal podcasts. So uh, unless something crazy happens, we're, we're going to be taking, you know, we'll be off next weekend, but who knows? It's like a direct drops or something like that. Then we'll do emergency pod or adjust if we have to, but, uh, Normally, that first chunk of the year, now a whole hell of a lot's going on. So, right. Um, uh, feel usually pretty safe for us to take off, uh, that week at least. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess for, you know, we jump into give us, how was your Christmas, buddy?
1: Uh, well, Christmas was actually pretty good. You know, it was pretty quiet. There wasn't really too much, like, craziness. It was kind of the same thing, like, with New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and stuff like that as well. A lot of people on the, the roads, obviously. And then, uh, I fell asleep. Like I, this is the first time I've ever done this. I fell asleep before midnight. And so oh, I, really? I didn't actually watch the thing. I was so fucking exhausted from that day, but, uh, yeah, both Christmas and New Year's and stuff like that. Yeah. They were fairly relaxing they were not heavily stressful and stuff. I mean, obviously got a bunch of candy, a bunch of like other various things that, uh, you know, like, Certain guys generally get almost every year, you know, underwear, socks and stuff like that. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy stuff for you and blah, blah, blah that I think you'll need. Even though it's like it's overfilling the, the, the sock drawer. All this other I, shit. I still
0: have the same things. I still haven't opened the things you got me last year.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that was literally me this year where it's like, well, that person just doesn't really think through what they'll go through. It's like, obviously, get your socks. Like, oh, well, yeah. whatever.
0: Hey, you can never have enough, you know. It's like PJs. Socks, PJs, underwear. You, you know, you never have enough.
1: But, uh, so how was your holiday, though?
0: It's all right. You know, I, I, I fell asleep on the couch like 930 last night. Oh, <laughs> so I woke yeah, up and it was dude. like 12. I woke up at like 1245. I'm like, huh. But it was funny. People at work were like, you got any plans tonight? I'm like, no. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. It's like my first normal weekend in like six or seven weeks. Wow. Uh, I don't have anything going out to do. Any. I don't have any things I have to do. I don't have to go anywhere. And Plus, it's negative something degrees out right now. And like six inches of snow on the ground, I'm I went to the store, I got groceries, and I am gonna watch Cobra Kai because season four just dropped. Yeah. And that's my plan for the weekend, and then I'll watch football. That's that's it. Dude, um,
1: so stoked for football tomorrow. Uh, oh man, I just... can't wait.
0: I'm so excited. God, only only got two more weeks of the season It's depressing. I know. but, uh, no, but oh well. Uh, yeah, But got yeah, You know, Christmas was good. Uh, you know, as you get older, you get things you need more like things you know than things you want, which. Is fine because obviously, like honestly, like it's it's almost like it's nothing as exciting as like getting a GameCube in it, you know, for Christmas, but uh, yeah, it was you know, I got some good stuff though. I got you know, I got some jeans which I need, uh, I got a whole my parents bought me a whole like new pot and pan set which was amazing. I, I, I cannot tell you how happy I was to get that because I have. I have like a a pan. I threw I threw all that shit away. I wish I would've kept it. I had like the pan that you like make macaroni in and cheese in and shit. uh uh-huh. Uh but I didn't have a handle. There's but the handle's been gone for like a year. Oh <laughs> so I'm just been yeah. Yeah. So you just do your best of the drop macaroni. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I have like uh my skillet or whatever you want to call it, uh is just uh, I've like you just you, everything it's it's ruined.
1: Uh, uh, so it's like I've been really used man, up for it's months. It's like it's deep scratches in the Teflon, dude. That thing is toxic.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm probably poisoning myself slowly. On top of all the garbage I eat, that didn't help either. Oh. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I did get some, I think it's some fun stuff though. I got my parents bought me a Warrior where get it together. Oh, so hey. I Switch. I got that's that. Awesome. Yeah. That's, play a little bit of that. That's good. Um, but um, you know, they got then I got a gift card for GameStop. Mm. uh so i got 100 bucks so um oh. i pre-ordered uh Forspoken. okay The uh, ps5 game coming out in may and then i just bought a psn card for the for the rest of it so yeah, yeah. Might as well um but you anyway, i mean nothing super crazy i got some new boots for work which are nice because i needed those because uh you have to wear black boots and i have tan boots so i couldn't wear them in at work anymore so um yeah just fun stuff like that but you know they nothing too crazy uh I had some good Food, stuff like that, always good time. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's been it's been nice. But it was it was very weird not recording with you last Saturday. Yes. Um, I drank two Oktoberfest. Yeah. Uh, and sat there and worked on my game of the year list, uh, just so like to have some normalcy because it was very weird. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, let's jump into our game of the year list, Gables. So All how it works righty. is, like I already mentioned, we do ten through six, and then that's part one. Then part two is five through one we do not know each other's lists no um no. but uh which is always it's always my favorite part is you know telling each other a list uh and then the way it works is uh we we uh we don't have a discussion and make our own game of the year list yes uh, what we do is um i write down all of the list i have my little black book here um no it does not have any girls phone numbers in it uh it has um eight years worth uh nine now nine years worth and plus two you know Game of the Generation, Game of All Timeless, so eleven or twelve lists in here, of uh, of on records of every every ranked every list that we've ever made since doing this podcast, going back to uh, the 2013. So wow. I thought it'd be kind of fun, Gables, that real fast. So bear with me, people. I actually went through here and I wrote down our our Game of the Years and our overall Game of the Year for the podcast for each year since we've been doing this. Alrighty. So I thought it'd be fun real fast to run through it. Let's do it. So 2013, you mean and Jake were doing the podcast in. I had Last of Us. No surprise. You had Pokemon X and Y. Uh, and Jake had uh, GTA V. The overall winner was Pokemon X and Y because all three of us had that on our list. <laughs> uh, that, that year, we only did the top five list, though. So yes, we did. who knows if it would have been different. Um, 2014, I had South Park's Stick of Truth. Uh, you had Mario Kart 8. Jake had Wolf Among Us. Oddly enough, the only person to ever have a Telltale. Uh, game uh, their game of the year was not me. That's surprising. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Uh, and then Outlast was the overall winner because it was an all three of our list. Um, yep. It was my two, and I think it was your three. Yeah. Um, and Jake was, I think it was like eighth or ninth. Uh, 2015, we had uh, me with Metal Gear Solid 5. This year, we had Justin as well. Yeah. So you had Mario Maker. Jake had Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Legacy of the Duels. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and Justin had Splatoon. Our overall, winner was Mario Maker because uh you jake and justin all had that on your list um that was a good game (laughs) yeah it was very good game uh i i played it but i didn't play it till the next year that's why it was not on my list the pattern where
1: just notice the pattern where it's like with me mostly it's just nintendo games number one
0: (laughs) so far you are three for three on nintendo games yes uh 2016 we're breaking the streak though uh so justin had the witness you had uncharted 4 yep I had Last Guardian, and overall was Uncharted 4, and that was in all three of our lists. Oh, my God. I remember so, that
1: because I was struggling between Uncharted 4 and Doom 2016. Doom,
0: yeah. I think uh, Uncharted 4 was my number two, and Doom was my my number three, and he had Doom as number two. Mm. Uh, and then Justin, I think, had Doom as number two as well or three. Um, 2017, uh, very interesting. We're, we're back on the streak of Nintendo games for you, Gables. We had Mario Odyssey. Yep. Justin had Breath of the Wild. You had, then I had Horizon Zero Dawn. We're starting to see a pattern here with me on PlayStation games. Uh, <laughs> Mario Odyssey was our overall uh, winner that year. So I want to look at this real fast. So I've had Last of Us, uh, uh, Uncharted, or Last Guardian, and then Horizon. So three out of the four years I had PlayStation games, but uh, out of five years, we've had one, two. Three years have been Nintendo, uh, been Nintendo games. So Mario Odyssey was 2017 Drunk Nerd's game, uh, game of the year. Uh, 2018, it was three of us still. Uh, uh, we had me with God of War, so continuous streak of PlayStation games. Um, you had Celeste, which was also my number yeah. two, and then Justin had Red Dead uh, Redemption Two. Uh, overall, our number, our game of the year was Celeste. 2019, this was an interesting here. You and I only had one game in common. Yep. It was your number. three three and it was my number two uh but you had as your game of the year was fire emblem three houses yeah i had gears five so finally a (laughs) xbox game made game of the year but gables every year but one you've had every year but two you've had a nintendo game as your game of the year Yeah. overall winner was untitled goose game that was the year that was the one game the only time it's ever happened where we only had one game and when the whole list only one game in common. But two thousand nineteen was a very weird year. Yes it was. Two thousand twenty, uh, we had uh, you had Persona Five Royal. Yeah. Uh, and I had last of Part Two. Uh overall though was Ghost of Tsushima, because I believe it was let me look at Absolutely it was Ghost of Tsushima this year. I don't remember where we had it. I can look it up real fast. Sorry guys. Um you had Among Us on your list, that's weird. Uh, I had it at number seven. <laughs> like it. I had it at number seven and then you had it at number two, so that's why. Uh but that year, we did have one, two, three, four – no, wait, no, wait, no, we didn't. We had three games in common. We had uh, four Rage 4, uh-huh. game, of, uh, game of Thrones. G- the GOT is messing me up. It's not Game of Thrones. It's Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> and Battletoads. So, yeah, that was our – those have been our winners for the previous uh, eight years. Um, yeah. So six of the eight years, Gables – or five of the eight years, you've had a Nintendo game. I think <laughs> s- five of the eight years, I've had a PlayStation game. Yeah. So – we got we got something going on here so <laughs> but I feel like maybe this year though that might not be the case for 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 us cables I don't think um, so minor spoilers um uh, but uh anyways uh let me I got to start doing time codes here sorry one second guys uh oh, shit I am so sorry I am trying to do too many things at one time um freeze winners I'm say it was 12 minutes mark. Let's oh, fuck it. Sorry, people, you got you to bear with me on this one. Uh, all right guys. Uh, so now we're going to do our top 10. How it works is we go one by one. Like I said, we don't know each other's list. The way it works out is that we are, we, it's brand new games for that year of, tw- uh, of 2021. Um, we do, we do a lot like remakes. Um, uh, we like expansions, things like that are allowed. Uh, so you, typically we don't do like, like, Gable's sum up collections remasters. Uh, if it's just a straight up remaster, we don't really do those uh, collections unless you got. It's either got to be a pretty bad year or you got to have a really good case for what why those are on there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's usually how it works out for us. Uh, Gables, how would you want to do this? Do you want me to go first or would you like to start?
1: All right. You know what? I'll go ahead and I'll start first this time. Okay. So for my number ten. My number 10 is going to be a game that did come out towards the tail end of 2020, but it does kind of fit in that range, and that is Astro's Playroom. Oh, okay. All right. So with Astro's Playroom and stuff, when I first got the PlayStation 5 earlier, like at least around, I want to say around March or close to April inside 2021, that was the first game that I wanted to go through and play and implemented a lot of the PS fives features and stuff. But I thought it was a fantastic game in general because it not only made a bunch of references and a bunch of callbacks to a lot of the history of PlayStation through certain games or certain moments and stuff. I thought it was an excellent love letter to longtime PlayStation fans. And I definitely loved the gameplay of that damn platformer. And that was one of the things that kept me going. It was one of those great 3d platformers. It, Felt very nostalgic in a way, but at the same time, it had me wanting to go through and get every single collectible, every single thing. And I'm glad to say that that's one of the reasons why I got one of, like, I kid you not, like six or seven platinum trophies this year. (laughs) Hmm. The most I've ever done in one year, by the way. That is, that in and of itself is crazy. Because besides that one, it's like I had gotten ones for. Two out of three Mass Effect games, like the Castlevania Advance stuff. I mean, I did it for Spider Man and for Ratchet and Clank as well. Well, Ratchet and Clank 2016, not Rift Apart, but uh, still need to play that one. But at the same time, you know, Astros Playroom that was a fantastic game. <laughs> so that's why that I would just I picked that one to be my number ten.
0: Nice, Gables, very nice. Uh, all right, so my number ten is a um, it kind of it brought me back. To a franchise that I was worried that maybe I only like the first game I ever played in that kind of not that frame, but that genre, right? Uh, and I'm talking about Supermassive Games' House of Ashes. Really? Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, I played it just a couple months ago. Uh, they've, you know, we've had this is the third one in their anthology series. Um, there was Man of Dan and uh, was something Hope, Last Hope maybe I can't remember what's called from last year. And I thought like Man of Dan. Was not very good. It's like a six out of ten. Not bad. Not terrible. But it was okay. But obviously, Until Dawn was a masterpiece. It was my number two game of the year in 2014. I want to say 2015, maybe. Um, 2014. Uh, I just remember that now. But um, you know, I thought that game was fantastic. 2015, 2015. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that game was fantastic. It was awesome. It was the first game. Like, there's other. We've had like other games close to that. Like we've had Telltale games. Uh, like that, you know. But we like we haven't seen like that was the first time we've seen something like that. Um, and it was awesome. Came out of nowhere. It was fantastic. It was a horror, like a just a fun, campy horror game. Uh, that just kind of felt like an '80s horror game in video game form. Uh, and it was fantastic. And then they broke off. And I, I, it's like the one thing I think like I wish PlayStation could have bought Supermassive Games, but um, you know. Then we had Man of a Dan, and it was like I said, it was it was okay. Uh, Last Hope um was was pretty good. It was better, but it wasn't great. House of Ashes really, like I said, re-energized me because there's that stretcher. I'm like, well, maybe I'm just kind of over that genre. Maybe there was like an outlast situation where Yeah. Outlast, which our was our game of the year for twenty fourteen. Yes. Um you know, we all loved it. And that was the first I mean, I know it wasn't the first game of that type. It was the first one for me. I played that type and I love that game. Really? Yes. And but everyone since like I every there's been and there's been a million of them, you know, since then. But, like, I have tried and played so many others, and they just didn't connect with me, and I didn't really care for them. Uh, and I was just like, I just kind of realized, uh, I just like that as much as I did. I Even mean, it's a very good game. I'm not saying, uh, you know, the original Outlast is very good. But I loved it so much because it was the first game I've ever played of that type. Okay. Not so much. I, I don't love that genre. I love that game because it's my first time with it. I don't want more of it. Um, maybe I do, but I just, nothing's hit that mark since then. And this really, like I said, brought me back to, like, no, I love you know, the super massive styles games. And it's just like, this came, it's not as good as Until Dawn, but it came close. It's like, I loved like the changes they did like with like, it's not so, you know, there's, there's so much gray in there and there's been gray in the past, but this one even more so where like the decisions you make with the characters, or, like decisions you make and like quick time events to do certain things. Like there's so many, like, you know, the, the better, the butterfly effect of like, you don't really know what the that's going to mean. Like, and it's not just like it's gonna mean something right there that's gonna mean something two three hours from now uh and it's like I loved, like how it turned out like one of the things that was nice it was first time ever where all my characters survived you know four there you or go. this the <laughs> first time in four attempts with these game and the four games that I've them I played this is the first one that's actually I've done that with, but like I loved like where it turned out with me it was like one of the characters like there's you know so you you are it's like two thousand two thousand three we just evaded Iraq. You're, you're in your soldier soldiers trying to find Saddam's nukes and, you are getting in this cavern with all these creatures trying to kill you. Um, but like, there's like the husband, there's a husband and wife, but they've been separated for like two years and she's moved on and he hasn't. And it's like this whole thing where like, but the boy, the new boyfriend is there with them. It's like, so spoilers, by the way, for this game of the year, that we're going to talk about spoilers. We'll let, we'll, we'll try to let you know when they happen. Uh, but just heads up that things might get said. Um, but, like, what was awesome was, like, I said, like, you make decisions throughout the game. You don't know exactly what it's going to mean later on. But, like, it turned out for me, like, the the hus- the, the ex-husband ended up, like, the, the new boyfriend was about to, like, was pretty much, like, about to die. And he saved him based off the decisions I made earlier in the game. Then you have, like, there's, like, the crazy, like, hoorah army guy that, like, he hates all Afghanistan people. Like, uh, he just, like, he wants to kill them all. And, like, there's a, one of the characters you meet in that meets, you meet in the cave is an afghan soldier and they end up working together and obviously there's like so many different things that can happen like you can you know, killing each other it's like so i was looking at the trophies for this and i'm like holy shit i'm like i don't even know how like you get trophies for unlocking certain scenarios i'm like i don't even know how the fuck that would be possible for these things to happen um and i was looking up like like other like scenarios like that can happen and like on youtube and it's like mine ended up saving like they ended up becoming like best friends and all that like okay. i loved all that like i said like all these choices felt very gray it's like i don't know what i want to do here you know it's not so always like oh i want i'm not gonna i'm gonna pick the paragon one i'm gonna pick the bad guy one you know it's like uh and like the creatures and like learning the backstory of like how they got there and how long they've been there and like what these actually things are and like finding the notes that like explain so much of the backstory because normally i pick them up i don't read them Uh, i just pick them up you know to help hopefully get the trophy or something and i actually like read all these and i was like actually interested in this backstory and these characters and like, like i said it Brought me hope that maybe we, you know, the next game in in line is going to be incredible, and that maybe they got the ship corrected on this, on this, on these type of games. They know what they need to do to make keep them getting better and better, or at least on par um, in future years because they're doing one a year. And yeah, I'm just hopeful that this is just the beginning of something beautiful, Gables. But that's my number ten, House of Ashes. What's your uh, number nine, Gables?
1: Number nine is a game that I had played a bunch on Game Pass. Didn't finish it, but I did play mo- through most of it, and I thought it was so impactful that it deserved to be in the top ten list, and that was Cyber Shadow. Oh, okay. So Ty- Cyber Shadow is the game that was developed by Yacht Club Games, same makers as Shovel Knight. Oh, the, well, game- the publishers. Oh, the publisher, my bad. My The publisher is Yacht Club Games. But uh, anyway, long story short, it's definitely a... Like a callback to action platformer games from like the NES and like Genesis and all that stuff. Like uh, Ninja Gaiden, it really much takes a lot of its references and stuff from. But the visuals of it looks fantastic. The pixel art style looks very fairly crisp and stuff. The action, the gameplay is pretty damn fun. It can be difficult in spots, especially when you go through some bit of the boss battles. The one boss battle I can remember vividly is the one that I had to take on this freaking like cyber like, freaking dragon inside of this tank or some shit and stuff to where you have to navigate the platforms and stuff. And it's, like, you get to the center of the platforms, and all of a sudden you hear the music cue up, and you see this freaking dragon, like, this mechanical dragon who starts surfing under you. And so you have to go forth and just try to wait until it pops up its heads like, on one side, do a couple hits, then go back to the other side, do a couple hits. It's, like, one of those type of boss battles to where you have to readily try to change up your play style and stuff because you will fall into these. (laughs) Freaking <laughs> the pool of water in regards to the middle of the room, and you'll get attacked that way because you move slowly in water. But, uh, in terms of that game, you know, it's it adds some elements of like say RPGs, sort of like ish type of stuff to where you get to learn specific moves throughout the game, you know. the different type of power-ups from either clinging onto walls or doing specific type of like attacks or something or do like a basic double jump or something like that. Every chapter represented like a end point where you would learn either a different move, you get a callback or something to like the various story that you were going through because the, the whole concept of the story is you were a uh, cybernetic ninja or something like that that was created like years ago. It's like a post-apocalyptic world and so you have to try to find like uh try to find your master in this regard and like the various like states of the world and ruin and stuff. And so there were other types of ninja and everything that were you, but obviously having killed her and like missing in action or whatever the hell. And so you have to try to track back a lot of the various backstory of that while on top of trying to battle some of the internal stuff within yourself, because you're only, cause you are only as good as like, say as uh, how you pretty much are in regards to how you play the game, because there are certain cutscenes after you go through and like, uh, you play through a level and stuff, and you'll see like some bits of vulnerability like him like kind of like reacting to the whole genetic stuff that's been developed in regards to his ninja like like this mechanical suit in general, and uh every type of power ups you get inside of like either a daydream sequence or something where you get to face off against other types of different enemies and there's basically basically what ends up happening is that the at certain points you can meditate right and it gets you to this dream state, and then you have to do all this various other stuff you know and that's kind of funny how I can just call back from like a game I played like last February or last March in that regards. But at the same time, it had tight gameplay. It had excellent music. I mean, hell being uh, published by like Yakup games and stuff. This definitely, this is a good kind of quality that you would come to expect from one of the games they would publish. But yes, because of a game like cyber shadow and how, fun it was, how like skillfully difficult it was to certain portions, it motivated me to want to go back to a previous game that I had always wanted to try to play through initially and wanted to beat without any type of save states, without any type of things, and see how much to do straight up, and that was Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden for the NES, mind you, to where it's one of those games from back in the day to where All you had to do was just try to play this game over and over again, you know? It's like you had, like, maybe a certain amount of lives. You had to go through the entirety of the game and stuff, and you had to get better at it. You had to get good at it, per se, by playing the game over and over again and dying over and over again. So by playing Cyber Shadow, it was that much impactful because I was able to go back to a retro game, apply a lot of the same concepts, and I was able to beat that game all the way through, you know? without any type of save states, without any type of, like, bullshit in that regards. And it was hilarious when I did it because, literally, I came, like, two or three separate, like, runs to where I got to the last boss. I got to, like, the second stage and then died and I had to start all over again from, like, a specific spot. But then when I finally did defeat the final boss of that particular game, you know, that felt so rewarding. It felt like I literally, like, uh, almost like a high you get, you know, because it's, like, Mm. it's a feeling of satisfaction toward you've beaten... You finished something that was incredibly difficult, but you felt great for going through and doing that. And so, Cyber Shadow, significant, is number nine on my list because of those type of moments to where it inspired me to do something else in its entirety.
0: <laughs> Very nice, man. That's cool. Wow, we're off to a rocking start here then. Um, all right, well, moving on here with my uh, number nine. Uh, it is a PlayStation exclusive made by an Xbox studio, Death hey. Deathloop. Hey. Um, so this is a game I just played just recently, just kind of like heard enough people that uh, were saying good things in like our circle. Obviously the reviews came out, we're doing really, really well, but like uh, people that, that kind of like me that weren't rogue like people that just loving this game. And that's kind of what like I love about, it. like, you know, it's like, I love the Dark Souls style fighting. I just not patient enough and I'm not good enough at gaming to get good at Dark Souls. But I love like games that do their, their style. Um, but some, you know, to a crappy gamer like me, so I can play it. Uh, and this, I love it cause it's like more of a rogue light where, yeah, there are rogue elements to it, but they take a lot of that frustration out and a lot of that replaying areas and whatever we going, yeah, you're doing that a lot, but there's enough variance and every run or every time, to- every time of day that you did, like you were always learning things to make things quicker or faster for you. Um, I never felt wasted. I didn't feel like even like if I died, I always came out with something out of it. Um, And there wasn't like, you know, something like Hades. I love Hades because I love that combat. I love um, their games. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on the name of the studio, but, you know, like Bastion and all that. I love Supergiant Games. Supergiant Games. Thank you. Um, I love every game they made out previously. Um, But, um, yeah, like the problem with Hades where I finally hit that wall was like I love the game. I just got so frustrated where it's like I finally get past this intense boss, but then I die, you know, a couple areas later, a couple sections later, the the boss later. Well, now I got to do that fucking boss over and over again. And it's like, finally, yeah, you get better and better over time to finally beat them. But it's like, fuck, I just beat them. took me a dozen tries to get there Mm -hmm. just to fight, like put that 20, 30 minutes to get there to beat them. Now I got to sit there and do it over and over again. Until so I finally get, but then I yeah, eventually get good enough to get past them. But then it's like, well, now I'm stuck at this guy. So it's just doing that run, doing it over and over again, spending hours and hours just trying to like slowly progressing and doing the same thing over and over again. Um, just not something I'm a fan of. Like it's just, well, it's not for me. I'm not trying to, I don't think it's bad. It's just not for me. Um, I don't have the patience and all that to do that kind of stuff. And this kind of, it broke that down where you're not trying to like get past these intense fights or battles like. There's always like, there's, there's a main line you can do through it. Yeah. You got to re- replay areas, but there's like, like I said, there's, so, there's four different areas, but there's four times a day. And each time a day, that area is different. So there's really 16 different types of areas. Like I said, every, you know, like this one area every time is different. And I love that. And like you're going through these sections over and over again, like, and you're learning the patterns for like, okay, that first time you did this, you took you mind taking 40, 50 minutes to kill all of eight people in one run. Yeah, might that to kill these two here, it might take you 40, 50 minutes to do it. But now it's like I've done it. After you do it once or twice, it's like, well now I can like, and it's like they're not super. They're just they're just as tough, as, if not easier than the other enemies in the game. So it's like, all right, the next time I did it, it took me two minutes to kill them. You know, I might do it five or six times, but it takes me two minutes to do it. So it might take me 10, 15 minutes combined to kill them all. So then we do that final run. You've done it enough. And it's not too like an excruciating amount because there's so much there's so many reasons why you're doing this it's like you're doing it's different every time. They don't feel like you're doing that same simple thing fifty sixty seventy times you no. doing it a half dozen times um unless you you want you want to grind you want to do that stuff like that yeah, that's fine. you can do that uh, but for me, someone like me doesn't want to do that. I didn't have to and it was great and I love the game I love the 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 back and forth with Julian and Colt. Like them talking shit to each other, learning <laughs> the backstory of what's going on here, why you're stuck in this island, why you're stuck in this time loop. Um, you know, I love the dishonored elements with the with your um, you have like the one that like you can dash or you can turn invisible, um, things like that. Like once you and then when you find like your preferred way to play, that's more like I really felt in sync. And you got like I found the guns and the combination of things I like to use. Like I was just like I found my way. I, I perfected my way. And it was just became so easy for me to do. Um, and I loved it. It was fantastic. And when I beat it, I was like I I was like in always like I wanted more, but I was like satisfied with that. But like I wouldn't the one thing the biggest complaint is like as much like it's cool learning about learning about the everything like that. But like my big big complaint with this this is kind of a pattern you're gonna see with, with a lot of these games, uh, on my list, is like there's always that it's not breaking, it's not terrible, but like There's always – I have, like, a thing. I'll pick it apart Uh, or pick make little nitpicks here and there. And my complaint about this game is that, like, some of the story – most of the story in the background of the characters is hidden behind, like, the – finding all the notes or the emails or hacking someone's account and finding stuff or just exploring every nook and cranny of the world. So, like, when I beat it, I was, like, still super confused about a lot of things, and I ended up, like, watching some YouTube videos that explain shit, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I wish that was better explained through the main story, well, because yeah. some of the best bits you learn is hidden away and doing the side stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, not
1: everybody wants to take the time to read through hours of text.
0: Yeah, and, it's like, <laughs> I mean, there's games I'll do that with, and I have no problem doing that, but it's like, man, it's like... Or, like, I don't want to, like, have to explore every single building, you know. And sometimes you can only go in this building in the afternoon, but you can't do it the other three times. So, like, that was my big complaint. Like, I, as much as I love, the, like, the characters, the interactions, and stuff like that. Like, man, there's so much more of that. It was, like, they did such a great job of building out this world. I just wish they would have done, like, a better job of showing us how good of a job they did of showing. But this game is fantastic. I love The gameplay is amazing. And that's, like, first and foremost, the most important thing the loop isn't overbearing yeah i love i absolutely adore this game Uh, i'm it's probably my one of my biggest surprises of the year too uh but yeah that's my number nine uh death loop gables what's your number eight
1: all right speaking of surprises yes this is a game that i played when i got the ps5 this was actually the second game that i really played and had an enjoyment i fucking enjoyed the hell out of and that was bug snacks dude so bug snacks to be perfectly honest with you, it was a game that came out. I think it was also a game that came out in late 2020, but at the it same
0: was a launch game, yeah,
1: yeah, it was a launch game, and uh, it was one of those free games that I had downloaded before even getting the PS5. You know, so I already had the PS5 version of it before getting the system finally. But when I did get the system and I finished Astro's Playroom, this is the next game that I actually played after that on the PS5, and I had a hell of a time, man. Bug Snacks is one of those games where you are. A reporter, right? You go on to a specific island, you know, following this one, like uh, this one archaeologist and stuff that has discovered these particular type of creatures called bug snacks, right? And so they're basically these little animals and stuff like that that are based upon food that are obviously highly addicting and stuff, and that transforms like uh, yourself and even bits of the villagers and stuff into specific types of food if you eat them, if you eat them and stuff. And so what's kind of hilarious about it is like it's part adventure game like action adventure game but it's also a part monster catching like uh thing you know like a monster hunting type of uh not monster hunter in general but like it's sort of like pokemon-esque in a way to where it totally can be worked up as like say a whole got him, catch 'em catch all mentality because i definitely felt that way while playing through bug snacks to where they had these all these different areas and stuff and all these different types of uh creatures that you get to go forth and encounter i had a lot of fun going and hunting down all these particular types of bug snacks obviously the most the most interesting ones and stuff like that happened like later on in the game but yet there was all sorts of experimentations you had to go through and do in order to try to like lure one out into the thing so you can go forth and catch it or or even in regards to like uh accomplishing certain scenarios and stuff i mean the creativity behind some of these bug snacks are hilarious you know like they have the one the main one that they show is like bunger right to where it's like a hamburger and it has this, like these different fries it's like legs and stuff and what's kind of cute it kind of takes after the pokemon approach where they'll say their names sometimes as if they're like you know like bunger 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 as they're going <laughs> through it across around here and it's it's kind of hilarious because there's different forms of that bug snack in general and all this and all that And what's kind of hilarious and stuff is, like, I collected all of those damn book snacks, but uh, I had to collect some of the other ones, like, post-game. Like, I beat the game, and I went back, and I went through, and I got, like, the last remaining ones because some of them can be a little bit more difficult, especially the last few I had to go after. I know that there were other things that are based after certain foods. I said like hamburgers, like tacos, pizza. There was literally a fucking moth. I think that was flying in the sky. That looked like a freaking pizza. (laughs) That was pretty hilarious. But, uh, no, what was very surprising about this Bugsnax game is, one, it did run pretty well. I mean, the the look of it was pretty fantastic. Everything else was going great. But it actually had kind of a pseudo-dark story, a dark theme to it. Like, hmm. like, there was, like, a hidden secret in regards to the island and this and that. I mean, you obviously get, like, hints of that during the whole game trailer when it was first revealed in regards to what else you can possibly do. But yet, it evolves into, like, a certain type of dark story to where, like, the like these bug snacks and everything else, you know, I'm not going to really go in depth in terms of spoiler territory, but, but in regards to that, all these like bug snacks, all the catching and eating of them and like all these specific types of things you get to learn about different, the different like characters of this Island and this and that, you know, like you'll have like this one dude that really wants to save all these little bug snacks and stuff and have like little farms and this and that. Well, you have another one that's trying to farm like he has a, a specific farm and stuff, right. Where he plants bug snacks and they all grow and shit in the ground and this and that. But then you'll have like uh, you'll have like these quirky little missions, like the dude that uh, saves all the bug snacks and stuff. He does sleepwalking things, right? But uh, he actually does sleepwalk and eats at the same time, so he will actually <laughs> eat some of the bug snacks that he actually has in this little thing. <laughs> and then like he wakes up, and like oh no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just little, it's little funny moments like that that make the game a little bit more endearing in that regards. And you know, what? I would definitely suggest to people, it's like, hey, if you're looking for a game that's sort of Pokemon-esque, you have a PS5, or even a PS4, or even if you want to play it, I believe it's on PC. I wanna yeah, say it's on, it's on PC. PC. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Give this game a shot. You know, it's like it's not like say a Pokemon game full front right, like like outright and stuff, but it's a monster catching type of game to where it's like You'll have a lot of fun, like, experimenting with all different types of bug snacks, and you'll actually have a lot of fun, like, experimenting with the looks of a lot of the villagers, what type of bug snacks you feed them, because it will actually change their body proportions. Like, say you could feed them, like, the like a little freaking, like, uh, let's say, for example, you feed them, like, a bug snack that's named, by the name of Krookie, I think it is. It's basically, like, an Oreo, right? And, like, you can... You basically can choose a specific type of parts of their body or some that you can have it turn into an Oreo. Like, say if you want to choose a dude's like like his abdomen and it's like his chest and everything, you actually transform into a gigantic cookie and this and that and like have hot dog arms and have this, all this other shit. You know, it's like it's definitely like a kid's like pseudo like kind of pipe dream. It's like, oh hey, this is my village of food people. <laughs> but yeah, Bug Snacks. That's my number eight. Yes. All right, nice, Gables. Very
0: nice. Well, my number eight. Is another game made by Xbox Game Studios.
1: Okay.
0: It is Halo Infinite. Hey, there you go. Uh, yeah. So I said this just a couple weeks ago when we were talking when we, we both beat the game, uh, that it is probably my third favorite first person shooter campaign of all time. Nice. Uh, I still feel pretty confident about that. Saying that now, a couple a couple weeks removed from that. Uh, but like like I was saying, like the combat, the way everything's just like this is the way everything flows together in combat. Like when you just Get the right weapons or with with the hook shot and just like the way the enemies work together and the way you like there's so much there's each each enemy there's like feels like there's some strategy there of how to kill them. Right. And like work together with with your hook shot or like like I said, like like the, the guy with the with the shield. You fucking hook shot him, a hook hook shot sealed, pops the shield up, fucking <laughs> pop with the headshot, um, or a hook shot in an enemy and just pulling yourself towards him, elbowing him, knocking him out. Just the way, and just the way it all flows together, like the like, it's like I said, it's like Doom. Like they, they talk about Doom was like first person shooter chess, and that's kind of what the, like I just felt like it took a lot from there. Which Doom is my favorite first shooter campaign of all time. Uh, Titanfall two is the other one, if, in case you're wondering. Um, and it just kind of brought me back to that, like an open world Doom. Um, I love, I love the weapon and the pilot. I love their interactions together. It kind of added some levity to the Halo franchise where always been very serious and i still don't know what the fuck's happening in the story at all and i beat four and five this year um and i have watched videos trying to figure i just I, it's, it's definitely not, it's one of bad. those
1: it's definitely one of those campaigns and stuff to where yeah there were questions i had too especially towards like the uh the, especially towards the end especially the ending cutscenes and stuff after the credits roll and like everything else like okay why is so-and-so like doing this and that you know it's like i thought mm-hmm. that baby you know, like, so on and so forth and stuff. And then going through and React and, like, just researching a bunch of it and, like, going to, go into like, a certain lore videos and how that's potentially going to lead to, like, a certain ex- like a certain DLC thing, like, later down the line. I'm like, oh, God,
0: oh, dude. Oh, yeah.
1: Dude, I yeah, – oh, fuck.
0: It's like <laughs> I said, Halo was, like, the new Kingdom Hearts where, like, the story is just <laughs> spread out extent. everywhere. You got you to watch TV shows that were, like, made for TV – You gotta read the books. You gotta play Halo Wars two. It's it's Gables. It's I'm I'm Kingdom Hearts. Halo is the new Kingdom Hearts. I'm that's that's it. I'm saying it. I said it. It's done. Put it. It's done. Adjourned. Uh, (laughs) I said that. Uh, Can't change my mind. Uh, I'm gonna put that meme up where it says something changed my mind. It's gonna say Halo is the new Kingdom Hearts. Changed my mind. It's gonna be my head with that on there, Uh, but anyways, yeah. Like I, I love the weapon. I love she was so like, you know, happy and exciting. Like she didn't know the world, you know, um, you know, just like 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 you see those people are just always happy all the time. It's like fuck you, God, fuck you, and that's the way I feel about the weapon. I love you. You're awesome. I'm, I'm, but I, I say fuck you because I'm jealous. That's all.
1: She's like a freaking Uh, child, you know, because supposed to be so on and so forth and everything else. But at the same time, it's like she can be annoying at times. The weapon in that regards, but uh, the way she learns by process through process and starts learning by like interactions, not only with you but also the pilot and also with like a lot of the various enemies. I know a lot of the fun. Oh, there was some. There was one moment that was kind of fun. It's like, hey, wait, what if, what if he's friendly? It's like, no. He's not. <laughs>
0: no, yeah. Yeah. I just I love that. It's like, when like I kill yeah. all the enemies and she's like, Oh, we did it. It's like, well, you did it. Uh, I love like the grunts, like their interactions when you sneak up on them, they don't see you yet. And they're like talking shit and oh, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, like sometimes they're humming the music. Um, you yeah, like the, like my only really complaint is like I said, like the story, I'm, I get the general, you know, like the bad guys. Like, I love the boss fights. Um, I'm like the generally the story. I didn't really understand the motivations of like, Everything that's happening, uh of like I don't like I don't understand the backstory behind all these characters and what the hell this means. Um and I, I feel it was very Breath of the Wildish. It it feels very much like Halo's Breath of the Wild, but also in the Breath of the Wild, where like the main campaign parts of like what you're doing is like the least fun part of that game. or Like the Guardian parts in Breath of the Wild and even like the final like section with Ganon, uh were like my least favorite parts of that game, like the fun okay. parts of exploring and all that. Yeah, I see and that. same thing with, with Halo Infinite, where it's like I loved doing all the FOBs and exploring and finding all the, the shit, but like and le- like finding like the audio files, stuff like that. Uh and it's like once you were actually like doing the main missions and you're just like in that same kind of general area and over and over again and I had to find the fucking um power brick whatever to like open up the next door. Like yeah, that 50th time you have done that, that was kind yeah. of sad. And then just like when you get to that point of no return thing, when they don't tell you that you're at the point of no return and it's like halfway through the game, like, Oh no, you're just poop socking the rest of this game. Like you're on this train, you're not getting off. Yeah. Like you, you know, and there was no warning of that. that that's my only like real play, but I like, like that's so, like I said, like when I was thinking about this, like I, this kind of, this was made where I'm like, you know, what, what my you at a certain point? Like you have all these great games, you got to find gripes to put them in place. Right. Typically. And that's kind of why this fell number eight, but yeah, I, I loved, I've loved this game. I can't believe I'm saying that about a halo game. I loved halo. Uh, and it was this good and I can't wait for more halo. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. So that's my, uh, that is my number eight gables. Um, halo infinite. What's your, um, you're right there. Lou? He's being weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Aw. He just drank a bunch of water. I think he's. he's Yeah. Sometimes. All right. Sorry. Anyways, guys. uh, Sorry about that. Um, moving on. Gables, what's your number seven?
1: Okay, number seven should come as no surprise, considering that uh, I'm a big fan of this. But uh, this is going to be Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. I was already beginning to write it down when he said something. Yeah. Yeah. That's. (laughs) Tyler knows me so well that hey, if it's if it's a new Pokemon Pokemon game or something like that, then I'm putting
0: Pokemon BDSM.
1: I'm not BDSM. God, God. God damn it. Forever,
0: it's written down, Gables. It says right here, Pokemon BDSM. That's that's it. Can't be changed. <laughs> it's a mechanical pencil, but it's, it can't be changed. The eraser is garbage.
1: All right, the reason why I put Pokemon Brilliant Diamond on this list as opposed to, like, the other type of uh, games that I was possibly trying to do, like, say, Mass Effect Collection or even, like, Castlevania Advance Collection, is there's a difference between these two. For one... For the two collections, they are definitely ports of games that were subsequently re-released, but these were games I had already played before, and they were mostly the same as what they were for their original releases, barring a few changes here and there, some, like, bestiary things added here or there, or even in the case of Mass Effect. Bestiary
0: you know. games and a B- uh, Pokemon BDSM game, huh?
1: <laughs> but with with Pokemon Brilliant and... With Brilliant Diamond, though, there was enough to justify it to be like a separate release an overall improvement upon the original, barring a couple of features. But, uh, yeah, for Brilliant Diamond and stuff, it's pretty much kind of like the same thing as the original, like Diamond and Pearl in terms of story-wise. There are definitely, a, definitely some great improvements of it. The visual stuff definitely, I feel like, is better than in regards to the original. The gameplay stuff, there were definitely some features that were improved upon, especially the underground. The underground mining stuff, where you can actually go into different areas. I mean, just collecting specific statues, or like just various statues, collecting all the various like stones. And then also in, encountering like rare Pokemon in regards to different types of grottos that you would come across. There are specific areas to where you would. On the map and stuff, you have a lot of these question marks, right, on like specific spots. But if you go to them, sometimes it'll lead you to a specific type of uh, place in the underground. Like, say, there's an underwater spring, you can encounter a certain type of Pokemon inside that panel in and of itself. But if you leave the room and re-enter it, you'll come across certain other Pokemon, maybe even a rarer Pokemon than that. And so, that type of aspect of it, I felt like was better and better and like implemented than the original release. Because with Diamond. In Pearl's original release, you had just the mining stuff only. You had a couple of different things you could do, like multiplayer wise, with friends, but uh, it didn't have any of that possibility to get like rare Pokemon or even potentially getting shiny Pokemon and stuff like that for that underground portion. But uh, overall, you know, it's like the gameplay in and of itself remained the same as the original. It was definitely close, reminiscent to that. But I did like a lot of the. Uh, improvements in regards to not only just the move sets because it's like a what gen 8 gen 9 like version of gen 4 <laughs> so mm-hmm. there are definitely some differences here and there in that regards but uh, i did like my time playing brilliant diamond i mean granted i didn't play i've hardly played anything in the after game and stuff but it's quite essentially similar to where you get to do this like this battle sort of tower or some shit to where you get to battle a specific number of trainers. Mm-hmm. And then eventually get to, like, the battle master in that regards, this Battle Tycoon. But uh, you earn a bunch of points by doing that. You get to exchange for different types of, like, items, like power items that will help you do with EV training for certain Pokemon and this and that. So there are definitely similarities with the original release, but I felt it was different enough to where there are more spots you can go forth and do to get, like, certain legendary Pokemon. There's definitely different areas to where you can get specific, like, Harder to find Pokemon fairly early on in the game, especially if you go the underground route in specific places around the Sinnoh area. Like, for example, I was able to catch a Murkrow fairly early on in the game and use that and then evolve it into a Crow and use that. Because that's the thing. It's like it made better use of certain Pokemon that you would get later on in the game, but because you had gotten it earlier, you were able to use it on your team in specific moments to face off against certain gym trainers to make things a little bit easier. But at the same time, you were able to find diff- different types of resources earlier to you can evolve your Pokemon and, and lead it up to all the different types of moves you can teach your Pokemon. I mean, there are so many different types. It does retain... The whole technical machine, you can use one use for specific things. But what's an interesting improvement is sometimes you'll get, like, multiples of the same TM Because let's just say, like, let's just say, like, multiple different Pokemon on your team can win that one move. And you want to teach this move because it's very good for, like, a set number of Pokemon. So it's like, okay, you get three of this. You can use that into the next battle, and it'll do better than this or better than that. But I did like the improvements. A lot more selection in terms of Pokemon moves you can teach like your team and this and that, a lot easier in regards to the whole leveling up system. Now, granted, I can understand that people don't want to go forth and have like uh, the whole experience share mechanic in regards to their Pokemon game. They want to tailor make it to where they can actually have a hard experience in that regards. But I felt in regards to Pokemon Brilliant Diamond especially... The EXP share actually makes this game better because the number one complaint I had about the original diamond and pearl back then that was improved upon with this is how monotonous and how much grinding there was in that, in that game that slowed down the pace right between gym leaders, like two and three, because I encountered the same thing inside this game too. But what made it better was cutting out a lot of the excess grinding I mean, sure, the story did have its pacing issues and that was part of the reason why this game is like, this remastered version is like so down on this list in general is because because it follows so closely to the original releases like stories without implementing a lot of things that were fixed inside the Platinum version and this and that, you know, it's like there are definitely moments inside the beginning portions, the first 10 hours or so of the game to where there are some pacing issues that will lead to a lot of random battles which will lead to a lot of frustration and if you just want to get past a certain number of things just go right through the story and go through this gym leader or that gym leader or something like that because literally you go first gym leader second gym leader and all of a sudden you flash all the way to the fourth gym leader but you can't face the fourth gym leader yet because you're not strong enough and so you have to go to the fifth gym leader (laughs) that you would think right so you have to beat that and then you'll go forth and do it this way and that way I mean I got confused I still got confused, and I've played this game at least a couple of times, right, over the years. But still, just doing that portion, getting confused early on, and then towards the later part of the game, it was sort of like an easy street type of thing to where I've had my team already set up, I had this type of move that I had to go through and support. This Pokemon does the setup of moves and stuff for other teammates and this and that. So it was fairly interesting going through that end part of of the game up until the champion. Up until the the freaking champion. And let me say this right now. It's like the Elite Four in general, you have a great constructed team. You're not going to get too many issues, right? I think I may have had like one issue with one Elite Four member. And that was Lucian, which was the main, like the main psychic type trainer that had all his various team of Pokemon. No, it goes from that. And all of a sudden the difficulty spike jumps up with <laughs> Cynthia, the Pokemon League champion notorious over the years as being the toughest Pokemon League champion. And for good reason. Because she starts out with a Pokemon Spiritomb, right? During that generation, it has no weakness, right? So it's like you had to try to face, try to defeat that Pokemon, do this and do that. Even with the experience share, my party was at their late 50s, early 60s. Her Garchomp was fucking ridiculous because it was like, all the way up to like level 65 or 67, or I'm not remember exactly, but this thing was so powerful, it was outspeeding and it was literally one-shotting some of my team. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, this is overpowered. <laughs> and I had to go and do a tactic that I usually reserve and stuff like that to some gym leaders that give like annoying battles or whatsoever. Since I had a stockpile of like revives and like potions and stuff, I usually switch, do that, make sure until they run out of the power point of a specific move which in this case was, uh, I think it was either Outrage or like Dragon Claw or some shit. And then finally we're to whittle this her down until I finally beat her last Pokemon. But still, the reasoning why Pokemon Brilliant Diamond is on this list is because it's a fantastic improvement in regards to the original game. It's not perfect, mind you. I mean, that's part of the reason why it's only number seven and not say like in the top five is because there were definitely some things that Game Freak did no, actually, no. It wasn't Game Freak. It was, uh, it was another studio.
0: Yeah, this one their support studio. I can't it was
1: one of their it. support studios. I think Eiich yeah. or something like that. Eiich, yeah. Something but it was one close. of their support studios. One of their first things going through this remaster, and you know, I thought it was a good first effort in that regards. But there definitely could have, there definitely could have been a better like improvement in some spots. But yeah, that's my number seven, Brilliant Diamond.
0: All right, it was very nice. Well. All right, moving on here to my number seven. It was a game on Game Pass. Mm. It is Dodgeball Academia. Hey. And, um, I fucking adored this game. It mm. came really. A, I remember seeing it was like a Nindy World, uh, and it caught my eye because I grew up loving Super Dodgeball on Game Boy Advance. Yep. Uh, and that kind of looked like that. And I'm like, okay, but it's like an anime one. I don't know about that. But it ended up <laughs> just being a fucking. It's like the Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Plus Pokemon, plus Super Dodgeball, combined into making this game, and it's fucking fun as hell and fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just and all the characters and like just, I loved. I remember just finding all of like all, finding every you know uh, wild battle out there, a la like Pokemon, finding every trainer and fighting them and competing with them, learning different styles, get, all, unlocking all your new your new teammates, all the new different. uh, you know, like their power ups that they can do and all that. Like, I mean, I just fucking had a blast mm. playing and experimenting and like unlocking abilities and like doing the underground battle uh, one. You can do. I fucking just had a blast with this game. Uh, I loved it. I mean, like, like I knocked it out in like two or three sittings. Yeah, I just could not get enough of it. The biggest, the thing that like kind of hurt my my me on this game was I felt like it dragged on, maybe an hour or two long. Uh, uh, an hour or two that. too long uh by like the final like chapter and a half i was like all right i'm kind of just done like they kept, it just felt like there was so much stuff happening at the end where i'm just like oh like oh we're getting close oh no this thing happened like it, it felt like almost like in an anime where there's like that 30 episode arc where they just get start do the side like they're so like there's breakups <laughs> so like well we we got like we gotta do 50 episodes this season and we only got a 20 episode season so we gotta just do like, all right, cool. They're gonna get you know Yu-Gi-Oh. We're gonna suck them into a digital world for half a season, uh, for no reason.
1: They're called a filler arc. <laughs> yeah, filler arc. That's, yes, that's exactly
0: what some of this felt like, especially some of the in-game stuff. Well, let's look at it this just... way.
1: At least it wasn't like a Naruto theme kind of filler arc where it's just three seasons straight of filler arc. <laughs>
0: Gables, you could have just said, at least it's not Naruto, and I would agree with you. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm just spitting fire today. Called uh, Halo Kingdom Hearts, and now uh, this. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, the, the, my biggest point was, like I said, like that final couple hours. I was kind of ready for the over, but also, like, this is my fault. Where I broke the game for myself when I did the underground thing. You told me the trick to like grind really fast to get money. Yep. And then you just ironed like, a shit ton of money. And experience points uh, that I hit the level cap and had all, maxed out everything, uh, and like with like two chapters left, and I was just wrecking house. Dude, the last chunk of it. I absolutely love that. Which also sped that, up the Yeah, I
1: absolutely yeah, I mean, love how that you had, you could do that inside that game.
0: Yeah, it was great to do it, but I like I'm like fuck, man. I wish I would have known about it because I fucking and I got all thousand achievement points out of for doing it and stuff like that. And that's the only reason <laughs> I really did it because I was so close to getting the the full thousand. Um yeah, I had a blast this game. This game's fun. It's it's just lighthearted and fun and witty. I love the interactions with the characters. But like like I said, every single one of these has that flaw for me. That was that flaw. Uh, but I mean it's still like it's like I said, all these flaws for me are very like I said, you gotta nitpick when you get down to the nitty gritty here. And that was it. But I yeah, this game is fucking awesome. Came out of nowhere. Um once again, I feel like a lot of these games on my list just if you were to like told me that these were on my top 10 list. First off, I I wouldn't have heard of half of most of these. And I wouldn't believe you on pretty much six or seven of these. So yeah, Uh, this game was fantastic. Uh, That's my number seven dodgeball academia still on game pass, by the way, best deal in gaming, how to get it in there. All right, Gables moving on to our number six Gables. What is it?
1: Metroid dread. So Metroid dread is a fun one for me because The thing about it is I've played plenty of it, and I know I haven't beaten it yet, but there's a good reason for that, is that game can get fucking difficult in spots. Yeah, And let me tell you what, man, it's like, it is a fucking excellent challenge. It definitely is one of those type of moments to where it's definitely the great successor to Metroid Fusion in certain aspects of it. To where it is quintessentially like, you know what, there are portions that are going to be incredibly, there are going to be hard portions of this game. And there's definitely going to be like a lot of uh, interesting like uh, boss battles you get to do because of that, and that's part of the reason why it's on number six on my list. I mean, I played enough, I played enough of it to know that what I'm getting with it. You know, it's like exploring different type of terrains. It's like a, it's a, obviously, it's a Metroidvania style of game. You know, I mean, this is one of the pioneers of that genre, and so going through the different types of. uh all well, the different types of areas and stuff, exploring certain things and stuff, but uh, coming across a lot of those those Emmy robots and stuff, and like trying to take the first couple of out and stuff. Those were some fun, tense moments because it gave me flashbacks of the whole Sat X, like Samus X thing from like the whole X parasite stuff, copying Samus's DNA and stuff, and chasing her around and stuff like that. It's Metroid Fusion. It's sort of similar to that in this game, to where you have these five or six distinct. Distinguish like emmy robots that are from the federation force and all this other shit and like uh that are going through and chasing you throughout certain areas until you find a way to get that specific upgrade to the charge that beam to a certain extent to destroy these damn creatures and stuff so you can actually go forth and collect the certain power-ups here and there and this and that so for this game it has excellent gameplay it's fucking tight as it is fucking tight man like the way you can go forth and terrain different areas you get to hold on and elevate yourself like you get to go forth and like execute like uh wall jumps and stuff like easier than you could like i say in super metroid which i'll be perfectly honest with you I'm not as dexterous as a lot of speedrunners in regards to like super Metroid and do the wall jumping shit because you have to be pixel perfect sometimes with doing that type of stuff. But in Metroid dread, you don't have to be that way. I mean, you can actually lag like maybe like a couple, like a split couple seconds or something, and you could still wall jump from back to forward to get into higher areas and do a lot of various collecting if you choose to. But I thought that the world of itself was fairly fun. I thought that, uh, going across, like, this particular area, just try to investigate why this distress signal was sent out, and then that whole tying into the whole Chozo type of, like, uh, the main, like, antagonist in that regards, tying into, like, say, Samus Returns, and, like, the backstory, tying into all of that stuff. I thought it was pretty fun in that regards. But, yeah, number six for me is Metroid Dread. It's because it's a return to form for, like... Uh, For that franchise in and of itself, it's definitely one of the more successful Mm. games in that franchise. And since the last mainline Metroid game came out all the way back, like around 2003, I think it was, 2002, 2003, Metroid Fusion.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're
1: right. And considering that this game was canceled at one point and brought back and stuff twice, and it was reworked in a way to where... It finally was able to release inside of a generation to where those type of games flourish <laughs> and are so routine now to where it's it definitely doesn't feel like a generic game. No, no, honestly, no, not none the least though. It feels like one of the it definitely feels like one of the middle of the pack, sort of like almost like a higher echelon in terms of Metroidvania style games. But uh, yeah, it's number six because the gameplay is challenging. It's definitely has some fun explorational stuff. The polish is there. The soundtrack is pretty fun, too. But, yeah, that's my number six.
0: Very nice, Gables. Number six, Metroid Dread. right? All right, number six for me. This is the last one for this episode. Then we'll be back for you guys next week with part two. Uh, number six for me, Gables. Up until recently, an Xbox exclusive. Oh. So we've had four in a row of games I've played on Xbox, two of which made by Xbox Studios and the one that was was a uh, just until I think just a few weeks ago was a uh, exclusive to Xbox, and that game is called Death Store. Um, another, you know, like I, I don't know why I say that I, I, I always want to start. I love this game, of course, I did it's my fucking top ten. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know why I say that. I always start with that. but yeah, this game is fantastic. It's awesome once again. it's on my top ten. I don't know why I say that, but um it challenged me like no other game has this year. And like, but in like the positive way of like, I just want to keep going. There's no real uh, effect to lo- dying or losing. It's kind of like I said at the top with like Deathloop, where I love Souls like games. I just don't like, I'm not skilled enough or patient enough to get good at Souls. Uh, but I love when games do that uh, kind of Souls light. Uh, and this was not one of that. It's kind of like Hyper Light Drifter, um, where. I played Drift for the same reasons back. They also kind of like Link to the Past esque with that style, with the fast paced fighting, with the dashing, with the awesome dash and sword combat, with some shooting in there. And that was kind of like what this was, but we were with the crow, uh, and you go in the store and you, you know, people, you take taking people to the other side basically. Uh, but I just love, you know, like every fight was like meant like wasn't like you few enemies pop on the screen, like you, know, but they weren't it wasn't always easy. You always had to be smart and dodge and roll and be fast. You would pay attention. It'd be like, and just learning the strategy and beat these guys work together. And it's like, I, it just got that, like just one more try in me where like, just, or just five more tries, Tyler, 12 tries later, like six more tries, Tyler, 13 <laughs> tries later, fucking finally got it. You know, or like, I just kept like, you just kept getting better, progressing slowly. And the, and like the punishment of death was very minuscule. You weren't losing you didn't lose your souls. You didn't lose whatever I came out were called, but like basically the souls of that game. Uh, you didn't lose that. There was no punishment for dying. Uh, but like, and just exploring the world and like finding secrets and all that. Like, I just had a blast with that. And like, like I said, like just, man, that combat is so good. So well-made, so fluid. Um, and just the boss fights. Oh my, the, the boss fights are incredible. Uh, the way they build up to them. Each world, each area is unique that you find it, you, you go around in. Uh, and like learning about like uh, these bosses, like as you're exploring and finding out the past, and, like, you know, why they're like refusing to go. Um, and just, oh my, it's just incredible. The art style, the music, oh, chef's kiss, the fan fucking tastic. Uh, it's on my rotation of game soundtracks that I listen to. Um, yeah just just incredible like and like i even like love like the characters in the game like interact with characters like the other crows in the game uh are like interacting like you you, uh meet like pothead his uh because one of like the witch in the game turned his head into a pot Uh, Mm -hmm. so now he's called pothead uh (laughs) so i like there's the raven that's very old now and like you know he's trying to get out and and you're trying to help him out you got like beat the four areas kind of like, you know, kind of like things in the past. We had to beat all the areas to get to like, get to the other world. Uh, and just um, the the final fucking fight is so, so challenging, but um, just like getting like that next section, getting better and better. And like the, the fights aren't very long. They're a few minutes. So it's like, it's not that like, you know, like I talked about with Hades where it's like, it takes you 20, 30 minutes to get back to that section. Um, you know, this, you know, you got to replay two, three minutes and you just like, but you're getting that you're just like getting into that rhythm and learning and learning and getting better uh and i remember like i posted it's on our youtube channel here somewhere from i want to say back in july yeah uh i mean like i posted like a short clip like 15 seconds where i beat one of the optional bosses but as i killed him he shot a thing out and it hit me and it killed me so we died <laughs> so i finally after <laughs> dozens and dozens of tries finally killed him and he killed me and then luckily i beat him like five more tries but like I, I just love exploring the world, trying to find all the secrets, uh, you know, unlocking the new weapons. You had like the bow and arrow that you used to fight with. Um, oh, man, this game was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, one of those games that like just popped up at E3 um, and was out like a few weeks later, and it was it, as soon as I, I saw it, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I want, I want to know everything about that game. Uh, came out and man, phenomenal what a who phenomenal game god damn that game is so i just these are one of my favorite type of games to play and like i said i haven't been waiting for one since 2016 when Life drifter came out same situation where i didn't know anything about hyperlife drifter and then like two days before it came out they put a, a trailer came out on the playstation youtube channel i watched it same thing i'm hooked i want to know everything about this game and it had its claws in me and i couldn't quit playing it same thing with that store um yeah yeah like i said chef's kiss uh like the reason it's number six though is like there's one area I did not like and it's i it's like it's the same area that a lot of people are frustrated with there is the ice area where you like you're on ice so you're like sliding a lot and you gotta do like a lot of like put- like quick like shoot arrows to unlock the next section you gotta do it like super fast um and it's it it's it very it's very trying it was very i got stuck there for a good long time i got stuck there longer than any boss fight for sure. Uh, and that was like the one, like the one section where I heard a lot of people fell off at. It's fairly close to the end. Um, and a lot of people got frustrated with, and that was the same way when I got there. I'm like, Oh, I get it. Yeah, this is very frustrating, but other, other than that, this game is damn near perfect. So yeah, my number six cables, uh, death store. Mm. So that's it for, uh, well, we'll first, we'll do a real fast, uh, recap for everybody here. So, uh, for everybody. So, so far we have done 10 through six, Gable's number uh so far number 10, Astros Playroom, number nine, Cyber Shadows, number eight, Bug Bug Snacks, number seven, Pokemon BDSM, number six, Metroid <laughs> De- Dread. God damn it. Uh <laughs> uh My My Uh Number Ten, House of Ashes, Number Nine, Death Loop, Number Eight, Halo Infinite, Number Seven, Dodgeball Academia, and Number Six, Death Door. So that's so far our list for top ten games of 2021. Uh, we'll be back with part two for you guys next week. We're going to record that here as soon as we get done with this one. Mm. But if you like all this and you want to hear more, more about us, uh, we are on everything. iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, YouTube, like, follow, subscribe, please click, click the bells, share, shares the big thing they can do to help us out. Leave comments. Tell us what, tell us what you think of the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, we're just two guys that we do this for fun. We've been doing this for, uh, eight and a half years now. Uh, we love doing it. You know, we, we, this is just a fun side thing we do. We don't make really any money out of this. Um, you know, we, we forever up until like six months ago, we paid to do this every month. Now, uh, we don't have to, which is great, but we don't, you know, whatever. Anyways, we're just two part-time guys. We We was two guys. We work full time and we do this for fun. Yep. Uh, is awesome. This year, uh, or in 2021, we released 67 podcasts. Um, Nearly 120 hours with the podcast for you guys, um, that we did just for fun because we love talking about games, we love playing games. Uh, so yeah, if you want to hear more from us, please, like I said, go to those places like, show share, follow, subscribe, whatever you do, click the bells. Um, but Gables, I was host, I was Tyler,
1: and I have been currently Gables. So until next time, listeners, have a fun time, happy new year. And most importantly of all that, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Bye, guys. See ya.